Hey, y'all. Welcome to Recharting Your Life with Hope. I'm your host, Hope Cook. I created this podcast to help women who have amazing careers on paper and yet something is missing. You're feeling out of alignment or directionless. Maybe you're no longer motivated or excited about how you spend your days. On top of all that, I'm guessing you feel guilty because you're not more grateful for your job. And maybe you even wonder how you can possibly keep going doing this for another 10, 15, or 20 years when you can barely make it through Wednesday. Let me tell you, I've been there. After 20 years with a rewarding career as a physician assistant, I could not figure out what was wrong with me. I felt pulled in a new direction, but didn't know what that was. A series of books and conversations led me to a life-changing decision to cut way back on my day job and become a life coach. My passion became helping other women figure out what it is they want to do and map out a path to get there. So listen weekly for tips and tools you can use to chart your own journey. What is life coaching and do you need it? Maybe you find yourself thinking that while you're listening to this podcast. Well, I can tell you life coaching changed my life and I had had years of therapy. I mean, years of therapy. Therapy um, helped with a lot of, you know, figuring out what my issues were. And then therapists a lot of times give advice. I don't give advice. What a life coach does is helps you figure out where you're stuck, where you're not happy, why you're not happy, and then we help you move forward, like map it out, come up with tools that'll help you. You're accessing your own inner wisdom. I know it makes my job so easy because we each have that own inner wisdom. If you're curious about life coaching, let's do a complimentary discovery call. It is so much fun and I think you'll be blown away. I mean, really, even 30 minutes, it's going gonna, it's gonna to rock your world. So let's try it. Come on over to CoachHopeCook.com and that's where you schedule your complimentary discovery call. Hey friends, if you notice a difference in today's audio, it's because I am in my minivan, not driving, but I am sitting in the back seat in my mobile office. I'm at work in the parking lot during lunch, and I have been working the last three days, so I decided, yikes, if I'm going to record a podcast, I got to do it now. Um, So anyway, finished my last patient, came out here, and I am hiding in the minivan. All right, so the title of this podcast is Should I Leave My Job? And in case you're listening to this and I work with you, I don't mean me. I mean, should you leave your job? Because I get this question a lot. Hope, should I leave my job? Okay, I don't give advice, so I would never say yes, you should leave your job or no, you shouldn't leave your job. But the fact that you're asking that question, should I leave my job? Um, is an alert that you're having that thought and we need to investigate it. So I'm going to give you some steps to go through to see if you really need to leave your job. The other thing is, if you're like, I'm happy in my career, so I'm not going to listen to this episode, I want you to um, think about what you've been tempted to Google lately. Like, should I blank or how do I blank? Because if you're having any struggle, like whether it's, um, should I start a new relationship? Should I move to another country? Should I take up a new craft and sell it on Etsy? Whatever you're um, kind of in a dilemma about, going through these steps will help you. 
So about eight years ago, I was in this situation where I was Googling, should I leave my job? And I was looking for a permission slip or validation or just help teasing out the details. If, there, if I had been listening to podcasts back then, I would have wanted something like this podcast to help me discern what to do. And I knew I needed to leave the job. I stayed about four years too long, but I started um, asking myself and asking my husband and asking anybody else who would listen, like, should I leave my job? And I had all these reasons why it probably wouldn't work out. Okay, so first of all, is energy. So pay attention to what kind of energy you're bringing to this situation. Um, if you are really desperate, chances are you are not going to find the perfect job. Just like if you are desperately seeking love, you're probably not going to attract somebody um, the same way you would if you were like, you know what, I'm happy with myself. I'm pretty fulfilled. Um, it would be nice if I had a guy, but it's not like a a must-have. Okay, so the desperate thing made me think about the first date I ever went on. This was literally the first date I ever went on, and it was an older guy. This was my older sister's boyfriend's friend, and my sister helped arrange it, and this was bona fide. I mean, he picked me up with my sister and her boyfriend, and we went to a restaurant. We sat down. We ordered. I mean, I was nervous. I was also flattered that he would go out with a freshman, but it didn't take long to realize he was kind of insecure. He was ready for a girlfriend before he'd even met me. He called me the next morning, like Saturday morning, and he wanted to go out again. And it wasn't even what he said. I mean, he was cute enough, but it was his energy. And you can just tell how someone kind of like crowds you or they seem too into you. They seem desperate for you to like them. So I ended it. I did go on another date with him and then I ended it. And I remembered feeling kind of suffocated when I was talking to him. But when I told, and I told him over the phone, I didn't want to see him again. <laughs> I felt free. I felt light as a feather. I remember bouncing down the stairs and my mom's like, what's going on? I was like, oh, I just broke it off with whatever his name was. And, um, <laughs> but I felt so light. So, and then I also thought about another person I dated a few years later. So this guy was a social animal. He was not one to be tamed. He was not a domesticated pet. He was like fun, funny, perfectly fine, whether I fawned over him or not. So of course I wanted him, but I'd already learned about energy because I'd read this book called The Rules. I don't know if any of y'all have ever heard of that, but The Rules talks about um your energy and about not um, acting like you're desperate. When a guy calls, it said you had to be um, happy but busy. So you, you wouldn't say, um, oh, I've just been sitting by the phone. This was back when we had landlines. You wouldn't say, I've been sitting by the phone just, you know, waiting on somebody to call. Instead, you would be happy but busy. And you weren't allowed to take a um, Saturday night date unless he asked you before Wednesday. So there were all these rules. And it, the gist of it was like, you've got to love yourself and be confident in yourself. You can't rely on a guy to complete you. But this guy's now my husband. So it turns out that um, 
it did work to have him woo me and the energy thing I think was major. I was in a place where I was okay whether he fell in love with me or not and I think that energy was attractive. So I'm not telling you you need to go out and read the rules and do them. I'm just saying pay attention to your energy. What kind of um, energy are you putting out there? It's the same thing with the job. The more you are good with yourself, the more you have done work on yourself and you are okay with your life, whether you find a new job or not, that's when you're going to find an amazing job. Um, but a lot of times women and men don't want to hear this. When they come to me, they want to know, I am going to help you get out of this job and get you into a new job. But what really happens is we end up doing work on their inner parts, you know, their, um, their mindset, their beliefs about themselves, about their work. And more times than not, they end up being perfectly okay where they are, but they find um, other ways to fill up their, their interests, their curiosity, their creativity. And that's when they find a new job. So it's like you have to sort of be okay with where things are and get away from that desperate energy before you can, um, I say, what, here's what I, I say, um, the universe delivery truck is going to pull up to your house and deliver that next job, but it's not like Amazon Prime. It's not going to happen immediately, and you have to be okay with waiting. So that was the first one. Ask yourself what kind of energy you've been putting out there. If someone says, like, how's work been going lately, or how's whatever been going lately, how do you feel? Do you feel like this sense of impending doom or this um, clingy, like, oh my gosh, I've got to find a job? If you pull up Indeed, are you just like scrolling, 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 like doing your best to, oh my gosh, I got to find another job. I got to get out of here. If that's the case, we need to work on your energy. Um, number two, if you are in a situation that you're thinking, should I get out of this? Should I change this situation? Um, I want you to work on faking it. So start thanking the universe. Thank God before you even have the change happen. So if you're, um, we'll use work at first. If you pull into your parking lot, even if your body doesn't feel it, I want you to start saying your thank yous, your gratitude. Thank you for this job. Thank you for the next opportunity that I know is going to come along. Thank you for the car that got me here. Thank you for that person who dropped off coffee at work today, for the patient who canceled, and I had an extra like 10 minutes at lunch. So start throwing out the gratitude, and that's is faking it if you don't feel it, but the funny thing about gratitude is it's like fertilizer. It's going to make... Um, Make your joy and your happiness and your sense of purpose grow. So number two is gratitude. Even if you don't feel it, you start finding the tiny little things at your work that you are grateful for. If it's your relationship, you start journaling about what all you're grateful for. Even if it's, you know, um, you know, my husband washed the dishes tonight or my husband offered to pick up the kids. Like you just start practicing gratitude. That by itself is going to create a major shift. 
Number three, act as if. This goes back to the grippy energy. How different would your attitude be if you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that your new job or career was waiting for you? You knew that a spot is going to vacate or they're going to create a new spot at some new company in the exact time you are ready to make a move. So how different would that feel in your body? How would you behave differently? And I really want you to go through, at the end, I'm going to give you homework, and it's going to be to go back through these and write it out. If what you are trying to get is a new relationship or um, a change in your life, I mean, maybe you've been dealing with infertility and you really want a baby. So just think about, like, how would having that thing change you? How would you behave, think, and feel differently? So when we were kids, um, we lived way out in the country, and I was probably in kindergarten when this guy across the road, across the highway, um, asked my dad if he would dress up like Santa Claus for his kids. He had a Santa Claus suit. And so my dad agreed to do it, and he, um, I don't even know what he did because I wasn't there. But th the guy said, do you want me to dress up like Santa Claus and come over to your house? And according to my dad, this guy was kind of a drinker, and he'd already had some holiday beverages and so my dad was like nah it's okay they're they're little we don't want to you know scare them or anything and it was already dark well the guy had a few more drinks and decided oh I really should go down to to this house my house and scare the not scare these kids I should go down to this house and really show up with some Christmas joy. So he put on the Santa suit and he came down and we didn't have our doors locked. So this Santa Claus is, the first thing I remember is waking up and Santa Claus is in our bedroom and he's over at my sister's bed saying, ho, 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 do you want to go see your gifts? And then my dad came in and, um, and, and took Santa by the arm and got him to leave. And then I think my mom came in and helped us go back to sleep. I don't remember a whole lot other than seeing Santa Claus. But I was not surprised to see Santa because it was Christmas Eve and I knew Santa was coming. So it's like this same kind of energy. You know that a change is going to come and you're not surprised when it comes, but you're also not... Um, you're not doing this grippy thing where you're like, oh my gosh, I have to get every gift that I want. I have to worry about Christmas. I have to start thinking about what if it doesn't happen? What if the gifts aren't exactly what I want? Instead, you're not, you're just expecting it. You're, you know that something magically wonderful is going to happen. You trust the universe or God or Santa Claus or whatever it is. And then when it happens, you're not surprised. So, I don't remember being traumatized by Santa, drunk Santa coming into our bedroom. Instead, I was like, well, of course he's here. It's Christmas Eve. Um, so yeah, you accept that it's going to happen and it'll happen when it happens and not a moment sooner. All right, next, I think this is number four, forgiveness work. What does forgiveness have to do with getting what you want? <laughs> It has a lot to do with it, believe it or not, because chances are, if you are in a situation you want to change, I am guessing, and I might be wrong, but I'm guessing you're blaming somebody for the situation you're in. You might be blaming yourself, and in that case, you need to forgive yourself. 
If it's a job we're talking about, who are you annoyed with? Who is the bad guy? Is it your boss? Is it this annoying girl who works in reception? Is it your lazy coworker who never pulls their weight? Or maybe it's your spouse because, damn it, their refusal to move means you have to stay at this job. It could be your kids. Um, When my kids were little, they were like uh, two and six. And I remember thinking, God, I guess I got to stay at this job because I have to pay for daycare and after school. Um, You might be blaming like your house situation. If we didn't have this huge mortgage, I wouldn't have to stay at this house. I mean, stay at this job. Some of us, like I said, blame ourselves. We have such a strong inner critic who berates us. It it tells us that this is as good as it gets. You do not deserve to have a better job. You made your bed. You're going to lie in it. So try filling in this blank. If it weren't for blank, I would not be in this situation, whatever that situation is you want to change. So if it weren't for blank, I wouldn't be in this job situation. Or, if it weren't for blank, I wouldn't mind this job so much. If it weren't for blank, I'd be able to quit. And then start doing forgiveness work. And you can say out loud, even though, and then you fill in the blank, even though I'm annoyed with my husband, or even though I blame my coworkers for not pulling their weight, um, I love myself completely and deeply. I forgive myself. I forgive my coworkers. This, too, is all about your energy. I know it sounds woo-woo if you've never done this, but it is is shocking how, how much this creates a shift. If you have unforgiveness in your life, this is going to create energy blocks. It's, um, I did an episode on emotional constipation, <laughs> and these energy blocks, like constipation, will make you very uncomfortable. Okay, ask yourself this question. This is number five. What benefit are you getting by staying in this situation instead of changing it? So I am guessing there's a comfort in staying with the devil you know rather than the devil you don't. By naming the perk of staying stuck, it's kind of like you're coming out of the closet. You're just saying it. You're naming it. You're taking away its power. I didn't mean like coming out of the closet, y'all. You know what I mean. Um, Do a pretend scenario where you imagine how scary it would be if you were going to change the situation. So if if it's your job, imagine you walk in and quit. Instead of the worst thing that could happen, though, I want you to ask yourself, what would be the best possible thing that could happen? And write that down. Because our brains automatically go to the worst thing. It's like a survival thing. I think if we imagine like the worst thing that would happen, then we uh, feel like we're prepared. But the truth is, that's just Debbie Downer. That's just throwing negative energy on the situation. It's making us look for negative things to happen because our brains want to be right. So then if we expect that, you know, our income is going to go way down because we quit our job and then we have to, we can't pay our mortgage. So then we have to move to a neighborhood that's not as nice. And then our kids can't go to this certain school. And, you know, we do that. Our brains spiral. Number six, are you getting obsessed with the how of making it work? So if you have ever done a list, like a pro and a con list, do you have spreadsheets 
do you have little scraps of paper where you've gone back and forth? If I do this, then this, and maybe I need to figure out this, this, and this. And you're just trying so hard to nail down how it's all going to work out. I want you to throw all those little pieces of paper away, delete those spreadsheets. You already know what you need to do, but you've got to get everything sort of in order first. So you're, you're eventually going to go with your gut. You're going to go with your heart. It's going to work out. I promise. We just have to make it so that you're okay in the meantime. You're not desperate. You're not miserable. You're not um, creating suffering in your brain by fighting the situation that you're in. So every time we make a change, we, it ends up working out. I mean, think about that. Even in cases where it felt like disaster at the time, when you look back in hindsight, I bet there's like a 99% chance that you say, yeah, it actually did work out. But we think that we can put it on paper or put it on, like type it up and, and sort of guess how it's going to go and foresee everything that could go wrong. So I tell clients, the how is not up to you. The how is up to God or the universe, whatever you believe in. We just can't see all the, all the intricacies of the universe, the synchronicities, the way things just line up. When I wanted to leave my job, I really thought there was no way that it could happen. I thought I was either going to have to leave medicine altogether or move out of the area because I had this non-compete contract. Um, but what I, I was obsessed with the how, and I decided it was not possible for it to work out. But of course, like something happened, a synchronicity where I ran into um, a girl who's now my coworker. Um, and she said, well, have you thought about um, working at a satellite office? That would get you out of your non-compete, excuse me, non-compete area. And I hadn't even thought about that. So Stop trying to figure out the how and just focus on the things you can control. Okay, next number. I can't remember which number I'm on. Put it in words. There is so much power in words. Write it down. If you go to any of these um, like seminars like Tony Robbins or, you know, uh, what's her name? Rachel Hollis. All these people talk about writing down their dreams and their goals and it works. And I have an exercise that I do with clients called the ideal day exercise, where we imagine in detail, like their, their ideal day from start to finish, like a few years in the future. And it is uncanny how many times these things come true. You also want to speak it. So I'm not saying go around and gripe to everybody about how much you want to quit your job. I'm saying you need to um, admit it. And, you know, talk to trusted people about it. But it was when I finally admitted, like, okay, this is not working for me. I have to find an alternative. And I, I said it to the friend that I mentioned earlier who works with me now, or I work with her now. Um, but it, if I hadn't had the courage to speak it out loud, then I don't know if I would be where I am. Um, I also read a book... I wish I could remember the name of it. Something like re it's it's I think it's called Write Your Life Story. And it's 
it's basically about you are in charge. You get to decide what happens in your life. And it had you fill out like who's the villain, who's the he you're the hero, but it had you fill out like all the characters in your story as if you're in a fiction book. And then it had you like, okay, well, well, if this is the plot and I'm the author, I'm in charge of writing out the plot, what do I want to happen next? And I still have the journal where I, I filled everything out. And again, it's uncanny how many times these things work out. That's why vision boards work. Plant seeds in your subconscious that this thing will come to fruition. And then you make choices based on that. So if you say, I would really like to find a new job. And I know I don't have any experience in the banking industry, but I just really want to work in a bank. Well, it's going to plant seeds in your subconscious about working in a bank. So if you're at a Christmas party and somebody's like, yeah, I work at a bank, your ears are going to pick up on that and you're going to be more tempted to start a conversation with that person. Um, you're going to, your eyes are going to go to the book on the um, new release shelf at the bookstore on working in a bank or whatever. You're going to be more likely to um, be drawn towards things like that. Um, the next number, be patient. It's like a gestation period. One of my coworkers is in labor right now and she's like, good Lord, they're not hurrying up. But this is, this is what I'm talking about. You have to be patient because that baby is not going to come out before it's good and ready. And your, your, um, Amazon delivery truck with your new job is not going to pull up until the timing is perfect. So you've got to be patient. There are lessons for you to learn right where you are. So ask yourself, what are those lessons? I mean, one of my, I talked about the crazy urgent care job I had years ago where the doctor would throw charts and make us cry. And the lesson I learned there was boundaries. I was letting myself get beat up emotionally and I was allowing it. I was sending him the unspoken message that it's fine to treat me that way. I'm okay with that. I allow that. So ask yourself, what are the lessons that I'm supposed to learn right where I am? All right, lastly, this is the hardest one, but be okay without the thing. So if it's a new job you're craving or a, a new relationship or a baby or a new house, be okay without that thing. This is called the let go. So by letting go, it, um, I don't know how to explain this without using words like manifesting and kind of getting all woo-woo on you, but it goes back to the grippy part. So if you can let go, things are much more likely to happen. You get to the point where you are a-okay, even if you don't get that thing you so desperately desire. So if you are, and you've heard this before with like um, people who delete their social media or their dating apps, and they're like, you know what, I am sick of this. I'm giving up on this online dating thing. And then they meet somebody in, you know, the grocery store and it all works out. <laughs> or they, um, like my sister-in-law, they struggle with fertility. She's in, she's in episode one and she talks about this a little bit, but they struggle with fertility and they adopt and then their body is like, oh, okay, 
now you can get pregnant. And so they get pregnant like either while they're in the process of adopting or right after they adopt. Um, and that's, that's the letting go. So if you need help with letting go, then call me because that's one thing I work on is like this, this energy stuff that's going on when you want to make a change and you can't. Here's your homework. Write out a thing you want really badly. It can be a job. It can be a thing like a beach house. It can be a relationship. Write it out and go back through this podcast. You can play it in a faster speed and you can jot down the answers to whatever questions I asked. And then, all right, this is the accountability part. Email it to me. And I'm probably going to email back and ask you if it's okay to read yours anonymously on the air. Um, If you're not okay with it, that's totally fine. But I think it would be fun to see how similar we all are and whether it's, um, and, and no matter what it is you want or what decision you're struggling with, so many of us, um, we're in the same boat, y'all. We're all connected. We're all going through the same life lessons. So I think it would really be helpful. But my email is hope.cook at gmail.com. And that's a wrap. I'll see y'all next week. If you know somebody who could benefit from this podcast, share it with them. y'all for listening. It was so much fun talking to you today. All right. If you are ready to make some major changes in your life, if you're at the point where you are sick and tired of feeling stuck and directionless, and you really don't know what to do next or where to go, maybe it's time we had a little chat. So I have it set up on my website. You can schedule a free 30 minute discovery call and we'll sit down and decide if we're a good fit. Maybe you'd prefer group coaching, maybe you need one-on-one coaching, or maybe you just want to talk and and say hello. So go on over to my website. It's coachhopecook.com. That's H-O-P-E-C-O-O-K.com and schedule the free discovery call. And I can't wait to talk to you. So see you next week. And hopefully I'll talk to some of you before that.